say that you give um, wisdom, uh, discernment. Use my tongue, dear Lord, and my thoughts and uh, what I've learned over the years in this area of biblical discipleship. And um, I pray that um, as we close out this lesson today that there would be uh, understanding. Lord, um, we love you and need you. Be at the next hour as well. Pastor preaches. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Uh, here this biblical discipleship. And uh, the key thought, if you want, as far as uh, taking notes, is reproduce. Reproducing or reproduce. What is biblical discipleship and its importance in my Christian life? There is no shortage of biblical materials in our Western world. Bibles, books, tapes, tracts, and the like are found in plentiful supply. If there is a missing ingredient, it is the process, it is the process of biblical discipleship, i.e., a loving, caring, selfless Christian who is committed to teach another. All things whatsoever I've commanded you, there as far as in Matthew 28, 20, it's part of the Great Commission. The purpose of this lesson is to acquaint you with the principles and importance of biblical discipleship. Revival, evangelism, discipleship, and missions, all energized by effectual fervent prayer, done in a spirit of charity are the lifeblood of a biblically growing and spiritually strong local New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ. A disciple's purpose is to become like his master and to adhere strictly to his teaching and truth. Now in the context of biblical discipleship, the master we are clear, I'm clearly defining as the Lord Jesus Christ. It's when you're taking a disciple, it's not you become his sensei type of thing and he worships you. Um, we don't, we're not a church that is worshiping the Apostle Paul when he gave the command, follow me as I follow Christ. He was given an example as far as biblical discipleship. Take my lead as I'm obeying the Lord Jesus Christ, you obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and that is, uh, that is very key. A, all Christians are not disciples. Discipleship like salvation involves a conscious decision to follow the Savior, whatever the cost. There are five primary ministerial goals that serve to fulfill the biblical command of what we call the Great Commission. They are as follows. One, to evangelize the world. And those that may be looking by, um, watching by YouTube or online, I'm sorry, but our, our notes that we have here has a lot of scripture that is given as far as, so I'm not just throwing out a statement uh, like evangelize the world, Acts 1-8, Mark 16-15. Number two, to establish edifying churches. Number three, to build individual disciples. Number four, to bring disciples and their churches 
to Christ-likeness. And number five, to bring glory to God. Discipleship is the pivotal element between goals one and two and four and five. Although Jesus Christ certainly evangelized and established his church, he never built what we would call a big, or another word, mega church during his ministry. His goal was to leave 12 men behind at his ascension that could do what he had done. His three-and-a-half-year ministry was primarily a discipleship ministry for you to have the Son of God take specifically 12 men and pour his life into them, all right, so they could continue what he had done. In the establishment of the New Testament churches, Paul the Apostle understood that and taught this principle when he said, in this next verse, it's kind of like the foundational, the foundation of a whole uh, discipleship uh, philosophy, or as far as the biblical discipleship. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Words mean things, and the key there is faithful, who shall be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Jesus said, teaching them to observe all things are in part of the Great Commission. This is not primarily a pulpit process, but a personal people process one-on-one. It's a one-on-one. Biblical discipleship is not, and you have the list there, which is not and which is, but discipleship is not an activity. It is an attitude. Biblical discipleship is not a program. It is a philosophy. Biblical discipleship is not a series of lessons that you work at getting through. It is a way of life. It is not education only, it is edification and exhortation. Biblical discipleship is not uh, teaching only, it is your life, an example that another can follow. It is not a handbook, it is heart-to-heart ministry. It is not a rapid formula, it is a long-lasting relationship. And what I've seen over the years when somebody uh, takes somebody along, and it doesn't matter if someone has been saved for 20, 30 years, if they're young as far as mature-wise, as far as Bible knowledge-wise, as far as ministry-wise, even though they may have been saved for 20, 30, 40 years, if you take a person like that that wants to get serious about living for the Lord and get involved in doing ministry, they... Um, Someone else can take them alongside and teach them. And and the relationship that is built is so strong. Look at the 12 apostles. Now, of course, you had one that was a devil that went out and committed suicide, but they they picked another one, 12. There had to be 12. Um, They'll sit on 12 thrones. There is not 4,000 apostles. Well, that's a whole different... uh, I don't know where that went to. But... um, there was 12 disciples, all right? And you can see by their life how committed they became. 
Personal discipleship accomplishes many things. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 is a great chapter to read through to glean what we're getting ready to go through and fill in the blanks. Letter A. Discipleship establishes the born-again child of God in the foundational truths of biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity. Letter B. Discipleship provides the Christian with a caring, comforting friend to help him through the difficulties of transformation. First Thessalonians 3.2, but another great reference. I don't know if I've got this in your notes. I don't have it in mind. But another phenomenal reference as far as the difficulties of transformation, let's fill in the blank, would be Romans 12.1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, and that process is taking place in a new believer's life or in a disciple's, uh, that you're, a person you're discipling in their life is helping them in that process of why we shouldn't be hooked on how the world thinks. I touched on it last week as far as the philosophies and, and what the wisdom in the world is. All right, it's not a matter of you know, praying necessarily for wisdom. It's a matter of praying for God's wisdom in making decisions. Uh, because believe me, Satan has his wisdom that he's got the world sunk into that is diametrically opposed to God Almighty, Jesus Christ, in the Word of God, the written Word of God. Letter C. Discipleship affords the Christian additional spiritual protection through the counsel and prayer support of a mature Christian. Letter D, discipleship provides mutual, mutual accountability both to the disciple and discipler. The accountability factor affords both with motivation to grow in Christ and walk in faith. Especially for the discipler. Because when that discipler stands before God one day and gives an account, he better have had his act together as a discipler if he's discipling another. It's like the Apostle Paul needed to have his act together when he was discipling Timothy. And, and look at the product the Apostle Paul produced in his spiritual son, Timothy. Letter D, or, uh, uh, yeah, letter, letter E, I'm sorry. Discipleship provides fellowship. It provides fellowship. The Christian needs, originally in the notes, it was good. I changed it to holy, H-O-L-Y. The Christian needs holy Christian friends, friends that live holy lives. The discipler assumes the role and responsibilities of a friend and serves to introduce his disciple to others in his fellowship. 
And all these have references right there out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Letter F. Discipleship provides the Christian with encouragement. The discipler serves to motivate the Christian to a higher, to higher levels of growth, dedication, and commitment. Letter G. Discipleship brings the Christian toward perfection or maturity. If you want to write all that in there, if you want to write maturity instead of perfection, but uh, towards perfection or maturity in Christ. And he gave some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. They're in Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 10. Letter H. Discipleship most naturally leads to ministry rather than mere activity. I'll be speaking on something here in a little bit that letter H in this whole list, this whole list uh, you can refer to back to, but letter H is, is one of the most uh, important ones that uh, I'd like us to grasp and understand here. Discipleship most naturally leads to ministry rather than mere activity. Many Christians are in motion, few are in ministry. Discipleship exemplifies what biblical Christianity is all about. People serving other people. Letter I. Discipleship provides the Christian with a living picture. Living picture. Of what a Christian ought to be. The discipler becomes the disciple's example. And you're talking about an accountability. I mean, as a Christian, it's a lot easier not to have to disciple somebody. Because if you're discipling somebody, if you're training somebody, I mean, we've heard if you've been here in this church any length of time, you've heard Pastor Boot say, if I'm expecting you to jump two feet, as far as he's concerned, he's got to jump four. He's got to be a better example. All right, and if you're discipling somebody, it's, um, it's probably why we don't have a lot of people discipling people. Letter J. Discipleship provides godly counsel. Godly counsel to the disciple. It provides the load of the counseling ministry among those in the local church body. If, uh, if a church has a solid biblical base discipleship, and we'll use the term ministry, in other words, they have a discipleship going on, a lot of the counseling can be done by the discipler. You know, if... if uh, Karen and I, years ago, were discipled by a, a couple who was a little bit older than us. And um, 
you can, you can talk to them about just different issues rather than having to run to a pastor and, you know, and talk about different things. Letter K. Discipleship, therefore, is accomplishing all these purposes. Therefore, in accomplishing all these purposes, must bring forth glory to God. Glory to God. Our discipleship investment is intended to bring forth a godly product. Letter A. In fact, our ultimate goal is to bring glory to God. What should the final product look like? Our goal for our disciple is to bring him or her to, one, loyalty and obedience to Christ Jesus. Number two, submission and selflessness. Number three, focus and tenacity. Number four, priorities and perspective. Number five, reading, studying, and meditation. Number six, charity. Number seven, fruit bearing. Fruit bearing. Letter B. Number B, letter B. The growth process should focus on these principles found in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. Faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and finally, charity. 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1.8 says, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, discipleship involves a number of things. And if you remember, when we first started the series, lesson number one, a disciple of Jesus Christ, I believe I touched on this as well. But uh, the Lord Jesus Christ stated that what some call the disciples' oath in Luke 9, 23. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. This biblical commitment to discipleship involves at least these five things. Number one, A, desire, if any man. Secondly, decision, will come after me. C, denial. Let him deny himself. That's part of Romans 12, 1. Being a living sacrifice is all about denying what I want, me, myself, and I. And that's, in Christianity, one of the reasons why Christianity has become so apostate in these last days, and so weak, and so shallow, and so ineffective in reaching the world, is because it's about what I can get away with biblically. It's not an issue of what you can get away with biblically. It's not a matter of whether you can prove it's okay to drink alcohol or not. 
It's not a matter of whether you can prove or you think you can prove or you can come up with some idea that it's okay for Christians to get tattoos. It's an issue of, do I live a life that is a sacrifice to what I want in my desires? And that's what Romans 12, 1 is. And that's what Jesus Christ is talking about. Denial. Let him deny himself. The question is, is how effective can I be in serving Jesus Christ, winning others to Jesus Christ, God using me how he wants to use me, not what I, it's just the world system has creeped into Christianity in, in so much more here in America than anywhere else because we're big into our liberty. And I, I'm, hey, listen, I like liberty like everybody else. All right. But bottom line, I think the whole system of just the whole system in America, which even though I, I, I think it's great as far as the world, as far as a government in the world, Bottom line, American government is not a government that's controlled by the Bible, the Word of God, and God Almighty Himself. It's still a matter of we men in, 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 in the mob, I don't use mob rule, it's still, you know, the democratic vote as far as what everybody thinks. Well, what everybody thought got all the adults from 20 years old and up killed for 40 years in the Old Testament, because they all took a vote on disobeying God. So it's a matter of let him deny himself. D, dedication, take up his cross daily. And E, determination, and follow me. Teaching them, part of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Let's look at um, the conclusion here. And I, I think I went ahead and filled it in for you and highlighted it. Biblical one-on-one -on -one discipleship can only be done effectively by taking the child of God you are discipling in the scriptures to live a true as a true Christian walking daily with God by being immersed together in ministering and doing ministry in a biblical local New Testament church. Ministering and doing ministry, yeah, it's kind of like one of the same. It's like you can get with me later and ask me, what do you think the difference is? And I can, I can sit up, stand up here and, and kind of give you an idea of what I think ministering to people is versus doing ministry. I mean, I can minister to people on the side of the interstate at my work. All right, it's not necessarily quite the same as doing ministry of what we see as far as in the Bible. Um, the Swains were ministering to Miss Barbara when they took her wood. All right, Brother Swain is going to be doing the ministry, helping Brian with the bus ministry, if I understand correctly. Forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn. But, uh, you know, I asked Pastor Boots about that. It's like, you know, is Brian going to be like driving this thing by himself or whatever? And it, no, no, no. We got... So that was a great, uh, great blessing. There's kind of like a difference between ministering and, and doing the ministry.
back when I taught part one, the will of God, some of you may remember a young man Most of you know me, you know that I can get emotional, so I can try, I'll try to get through this. And um, I've, already, I've already talked to Pastor as far as saying something today. Uh, I've, been, I've kept this really close to my heart, kept it very quiet. Um, you don't even need to ask Karen about it because she's totally oblivious. Um, this young man came from Honduras. I won't give you all the details as far as his life. But um, I believe he's born again. And I've been uh, meeting with him on a weekly basis for about the last three or four weeks. Uh, teach him the Word of God. He's very faithful to a specific uh, church that he was brought to. He came to the States with his mother at age 15. He's 21 years old now. And um, from the get-go, I've known that it was very difficult or would be very difficult or impossible or not even feasible to really effectively disciple him. You can't disciple someone when they're going to another church. It would be in essence like Brother Nitten and Brother Sister Neha got saved, but they attended another great Baptist church here in town, but Pastor Boots was gonna disciple them. It doesn't work. In order for them to really connect, they've gotta be in the same church doing ministry here and growing and learning the word of God and, and be under like a tutor like Pastor Boots, and, and so it has to be, it has to work that way. Um, if this young man, Sandro, uh, if my daughter was not involved, I'd tell him, hey, bud, you want me to disciple you? Come to Mount Victory Baptist Church and I'll disciple you and get faithful. He's, uh, he's planning on getting more seriously involved and planning on joining at some point Truth Baptist Church. That's where Holly is a member of. That's where she's doing ministry. And that's where they would uh, be involved in serving the Lord if down the road I gave the approval for them to get married. But they are getting very serious as far as their relationship and going that direction. And like I told Sandro, um, I said, my number one concern, you know the Bible, you love the Lord, you serve the Lord, and nobody else, as far as I'm concerned, is going to disciple you except me. I don't want my son discipling them. I don't want my son-in-law to disciple them. They'd be great disciples. I said, but I'll do that if you ever hope to get a yes from me down the road. The um, 
with all that being said, uh, with a lot of prayer and uh, fasting, meditating, having talked to Pastor Boots, and uh, having talked to Pastor Hastings, and those are the only two I've talked to, except for Sandra, I told him as well. Uh, Karen and I will be leaving Mount Victor Baptist Church and going to True Baptist Church for the primary specific reason so that I can effectively disciple Sandro. If my daughter was not involved, that wouldn't be the case because she's involved. Um, it's the, the answer could be, well, why not just have them come here until you finish discipling? And then they go, I want them to be in the church where they're going to be plugged in doing ministry. How long this would take place or how long this would last, in my mind, I'm thinking as far as effective discipleship, one year to 18 months, possibly two years. After that, that's in the Lord's hands. Um, but for me to effectively, for anybody to effectively disciple somebody, they have to be in the same church. They have to be doing ministry together in the same church. And I'm just making this announcement to kind of the core group as far as where John go or what's going on or you know why what's what's taking place. Um, what the Lord unfolds in the future, I don't know. Um, it all depends on how faithful um, Sandro's going to be. Uh, because the Bible says, commit thou things to faithful men. Uh, up until this point, um, as well as I can uh, determine and see everything other than certain milestones that need to be resolved, um, I've been very impressed with Sandro's life and with his relationship with his mother. But with that being said, if anybody has any questions, I'll definitely entertain them after class or whatever uh, in the foyer. Uh, but that's that's what's taking place. Uh, Pastor Boots gave me the okay to uh, kind of let the church know, and you kind of have an idea of what's going on. Um, if you have any thoughts or questions, please ask me. But with that being said, let me have a word of prayer. Before I have a word of prayer, to get a better understanding of where I'm coming from, if you want to take the notes and read them over, especially that conclusion, that would give a, a very clear uh, understanding as far as effective discipleship. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time, and I pray that uh, be with the next hour as Pastor Boots preaches. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen.